This is the Mark Milton Show with a Smash with former Department of Justice Tax Division trial attorney Mark Milton and the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll and ride. Wearing my six shooter, riding my pony on a cat and drive. Yeehaw, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash and Solly in the house. Smash is out this week, so me and Solly tag teaming this week on the Mark Milton Show here in the Miller Furniture Studios. Presented by stltaxlawyer.com. Miller Furniture, we talked about it last week. They got a brand new Von Bassett collection, unbelievable bedroom furniture. You can find them in Belleville, Lake St. Louis, and Ellisville, 1.2 miles east of Clarkson Road. If you're in the market for new furniture, for anything for your home, be sure to check out Miller Furniture, M-U-E-L-L-E-R furniture.com. Sally, how are we doing this morning? Oh, doing great. I mean, with this week and hearing the latest from Stan Kroenke, I was looking for a lawyer to talk to about it, but <laughs> now he's claiming, well, indemnification, that's not entirely true. Uh, an amazing story this week uh, from Seth Wickersham, ESPN, talking about really an unbelievable detail, a meeting that took place uh, this week with the NFL owners, all of them in the same room together, um, which does not happen very often. It hasn't happened since 2019 to have all these owners together. And, you know, the NFL is dealing with a number of different issues right now. Um, You've got the Washington football team uh, scandal, the emails, uh, John Gruden, Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, his legal battles. But but the thing that came out of this meeting was the St. Louis city of St. Louis's lawsuit against the NFL, against the Rams um, and against the individual owners. That's the big thing here is that these owners are also being sued and. Stan Kroenke, as part of his deal to leave St. Louis, when when the NFL owners voted to allow him to leave St. Louis and go to L.A., he signed an indemnification agreement basically saying, if we get sued because of this, I will cover the attorney's fees. Well, let's back up. I will indemnify you. Now, I think there's the, the dispute here is Kroenke at this meeting stands up and says, look, I'm not. I'm not necessarily gonna gonna abide by the the deal I signed. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dispute the indemnification. And I think what he will try to do, uh, at least from a lawyer's perspective, is any ambiguity in that agreement. He's gonna try to pick apart. So you might have a situation where, um, you know, they've talked about the attorney's fees being in the tens of millions of dollars already. Mm-hmm. He may say, well, the indemnification is limited to your attorney's fees. If there's a judgment against the NFL against the individual owners, I'm not covering that. You're on you're on your own for any judgment because right now, conventional wisdom is if this case doesn't settle, there's going to be a judgment against the owners, which they'd be jointly, presumably jointly liable for. That could be in the hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars. And he's saying I'm not going to cover that. And you even mentioned if there's no settlement. Well, even if there is a settlement from some of the talks that came out in the article too. That may be looking at north of a billion dollars. Well, so there was that comment. I think Jerry Jones insinuated that, which again, backing up, this article is phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on ESPN.com. Seth Wickersham, their senior writer. I mean, he gives almost a play-by-play detailed account of this meeting. At one point, someone asked, has, you know, has, has he tried to settle the case? And Jerry Jones says something to the effect of, yeah, he's offered billions of dollars, which is not confirmed by anyone else. And I would just say there's no way 
that if they offered a billion dollars, the city doesn't accept that settlement. So I don't believe that's the case. He may have offered hundreds of millions. We don't really know at this point. Generally, settlement discussions are confidential um, when you're when you're dealing with litigation. So who knows what he offered? But again, to your point, if the case were to settle, it's also interesting because usually a settlement agreement may specify who's responsible for the payment. So if you have a settlement that presumably covers all 32 owners and the league, it's probably going to say who res- who is responsible for payment, which again, Kroenke, if he's, you know, not going to accept responsibility because he actually <laughs> said one of the best parts of this article is Kroenke saying, it's not my fault. This is not my <laughs> fault, which is like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how anyone could hear that if you're an owner and not be outraged by that because he's the one who wanted to move. He's the one who, by the way, uh, you know, said my deal's better than the Carson project. There was supposedly an alternative project involving the Raiders and the Chargers, which is another uh, backing up on the indemnification. I believe the indemnification was signed by not only Kroenke, but also Mark Davis and Dean Spanos, who are the respective Raiders and Chargers owners. Now, the, the problem there is those guys don't have the money that, that Kroenke does, right? I mean, they're well, close. their wealth is pretty much the teams, the mm-hmm. teams they own. It's not liquid. They don't really have other enterprises like Kroenke does in terms of real estate and other, other, you know, just inherited wealth that he has by product of, you know, being married to a Walton. So to the extent that all three of them agree to indemnify the other owners, I mean, realistically, Kroenke is going to be the one who's on the hook for it. So it's, this is going to get, it's going to get very interesting. And the fact that ESPN's finally covering it, is also pretty interesting because I feel like up until this point, um, you know, TMA, Tim McKernan's done an amazing job covering this story. Some obscure media outlets have, but it really has been football a, talk. Pro, but I mean, those are like the random Facebook things that pop up that they're not really like major media, you know, mainstream media outlets. Yeah, pro football talk with some of its affiliations, it has at least a degree of credibility. But other than that, nothing outside of the fine coverage from Ben Fredrickson in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Yeah, and um, in terms of litigation, too, I mean, this case is set for trial in January, January 2022. So, I mean, I don't see that date being moved. I, I think the the St. Louis attorneys are, are ready to go. I'm sure the, the, the defendants, the, the NFL, the owners, they'll try to maybe do some delay tactics, but this thing's going to trial in January. Oh, by the way, two weeks before... The Rams are, or the you know, Crockies hosting the Super Bowl in L.A. So I think the story is only going to gain more and more momentum. The fact you've got people like Robert Kraft, Mark Davis, you know, big names out there now, you know, starting to get sideways with Cronky if they weren't already, it's going to get more interesting before you know this story goes away. But still, with the NFL and Stan Cronky and the multitudes of high-priced lawyers, what do you think right now is the biggest worry that St. Louis needs to be concerned about? Well, I think they're in really good shape in terms of the trial court, okay? So they're going to have a trial. There's going to be a jury that decides, you know, the issues of fact and ultimately how to apply those facts to the law. Now, the judge certainly has discretion in instructing the jury as to what the law is. But ultimately, I mean, you know, sit in front of a jury of St. Louis people, and you've got the defense in part is, St. Louis is such a terrible place. That's why we had to leave. Um, and, and, you know, whatever else is irrelevant. Now, St. Louis is going to make the argument that 
you know, this was a, a ruse from the beginning. St. Louis never had an opportunity to keep the team. Um, the city was lied to b- before it went and spent millions of dollars trying to put together its own stadium proposal. And so that's where, you know, if you get into the fraudulent uh, mis- mis- misrepresentations, that's where you could give rise to the punitive damages. And now, okay, let's say we get a billion-dollar judgment, the city. The problem is they're going to appeal that. They're going to appeal it to the, you know, as far as they can. But they've already tried to appeal some things, some some things they've lost early on, and they've been unsuccessful. So I think the biggest thing for St. Louis is they, in a lot of ways, they've kind of overcome all the hurdles to this point. So I feel very comfortable that St. Louis is going to end up getting a very large judgment how it gets paid, who pays it, that's another issue. And so I, you know, given this meeting taking place here in October, I believe the pressure is going to intensify on Kroenke to to settle this case, you know, and, and so then maybe maybe it will settle on the on the courthouse steps. Um, but at this point, I mean, it's going to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't think they're going to get an NFL team that's been speculated that, oh, maybe the NFL owners would do that. And I'll tell you why, because why they wouldn't do that. Okay, even if it's, so, like I said earlier, I think the city would settle for a billion dollars, right? right. What's a, what's an expansion fee? Two billion? I'd probably I mean, say at least a billion and a half. But my big concern is, okay, you have the team, but at last check, we still don't have a stadium here. We don't have a stadium. Don't have a clear owner. Now, maybe, you know, the Taylors would step up. I mean, maybe uh, a guy like David Stewart would step up. I mean, he's been, you know, he's been a huge supporter of, you know, uh, the, the racetrack on the Illinois side and, and worldwide technology has been a huge corporate partner in, in the St. Louis area with, you know, Jim Cavanaugh and everybody involved there. But to, yeah, I mean, you'd need somebody that, you know, is a true billionaire to step up and say, Hey, we're going to not only own the team, but we're going to, cause I mean, it's not like NFL teams necessarily operate with a huge excess of cash, right? I mean, you still need somebody that's going to fund the operations. Um, the stadium would have to get built. I don't see there being an appetite, uh, for a publicly funded stadium in St. Louis or St. Louis County? Oh, absolutely not at all. The only scenario I could foresee is with NFL teams, there are enough multi-billionaires out there who are so eager to get in on it. It would have to take, I would think, and I don't know how viable this is, an owner who says, okay, this is my chance, and I think I can make money developing a stadium complex or whatever. Well, and that would be, you know, That'd be great. I just, you know, right now, again, it goes back to would the owners want that to be part of a settlement? Would they want to forego potential expansion down the road and a bigger expansion fee in exchange for settlement? I don't see that happening. I think expansion fees, expansion team is worth more at this point than what they could settle the case for. Exactly. And I only brought that up just for the sake of discussion. Rather, I don't think an expansion team ever is or ever has been a realistic scenario. It's well, a dream scenario, but not necessarily a realistic one. I, I think... What I actually think is more realistic is, I mean, the relationship between Kroenke and Spanos, the Chargers owner, is clearly deteriorated to a point where, you know, they're insinuating that he's to blame and the Chargers are somehow to blame for these uh, these emails getting out and, and all this stuff being leaked. And so Spanos is his tenant in L.A. And, I, I mean, I know Spanos probably, being a Southern California guy, may not be interested in St. Louis, but... If I had to say what's more likely, I would say the Chargers moving, relocating to St. Louis is more likely than an expansion team. And then in that scenario, with the money, instead of having to just go for the team or, quote, 
get a team. Not that that's ever a realistic scenario, but then would that money be able to go towards the new state-of-the-art stadium? Well, that's what I'm saying. I could see some sort of hybrid settlement where it solves a number of problems. It solves this, you know, uh, this forced marriage between Kroenke and, and Spanos in L.A. It gives St. Louis a team. It doesn't squander an expansion team for down the road. It doesn't lead to 33 teams. I mean, the 32 team number right now is is. I mean, I don't see that changing unless they were to go to like 40. And if and it, something like that, maybe you know, a European expansion. I know that there would be a lot to have to deal with there, but it would have to be something out of the box like that if you're going to do serious expansion. But even if, like you said, if Spanos were to move the Chargers. He doesn't have the money to build a stadium, so then it becomes an issue of how do we build a stadium. Now, look, you guys, we still have the dome. I mean, the dome's not. I mean, it's a horrible facility, but I mean, you could play in it for a couple of years, right? If you had to, and it would sell out. I think it would. I think I think people would get over it pretty quick in St. Louis. I think the Rams would do, or the Chargers would look very good in St. Louis. I think they would do really well, especially if they bring a competitive team, which they've shown they have, even when the fans aren't out there supporting it, but. You bring that and prove that you're committed to St. Louis, and if the fans truly finally feel a team is their own, and you saw it with the Battlehawks, if they truly feel the team is theirs, they'll come out. They gave the Rams an unbelievable amount of support given the product on the field, and they did the same back in the day for the Cardinals. Well, and you look at the division setup, it would be awesome. To be in the AFC West with Kansas City, Denver, and Vegas. That's three fun trips be, right there. I know, that would That would be geographically a great, set up for all those teams i think um maybe maybe people in vegas wouldn't want to come to st so, louis but yeah you've got three relatively easy destinations for you know two games a year uh great inner you know inner division matchups i think it would be awesome so let me decipher this so you're saying that the chargers moved to st louis and then you're taking smash and me out to vegas so 100 percent. if that happens i if I, we, we would get a private plane and fly out to las vegas with a group if that happened that would be it's so improbable that i would throw that out there and say we would go party in vegas uh, all to right, see I'll, the st louis chargers take on the las vegas raiders it'd be amazing i'll give you half my gambling revenue <laughs> net or gross the you like the what's the guy the uh the not the rain man who's the guy on uh what's the what's the movie with the God, I'm drawing a blank here. Tom Cruise goes gambling with his brother. Ah, it's gonna drive me nuts. Terrible. I think that was Rain Man. Rain Man, yes, Rain Man. You, you, me and Smash would be standing next to you as you count cards and win millions of dollars, and then we split we split the profits. That sounds like sounds like a great idea to me. Speaking of which, uh, great ideas. Rosalita's this week's. Oh yeah, Sally. I took a group, had some people in from out of town visiting. Took them to Rosalita's for lunch. Amazing experience. They they had never been there before, and they were totally blown away by uh, my my uh, the the dish that I ordered, the appetizer, the steak, the carne asada, with the fajita setup. Uh, they were blown away by the patio. We sat outside and, and uh, enjoyed the uh, the patio. It was a little cool, but they had heaters. We've got a roof if it rains. It's a great setup. Uh, check out Rosalita's in De Pere, Rosalita'sCantina.com. They also with the location. Down on Washington Ave, we have the St. Louis Chargers here. That, that'll be great for oh, Rosalita's downtown. Fajitas. Get some fajitas pre or post game. Um, chips and salsa. Or, or, you know, if you're going to catch a flight to Vegas to check out the uh, St. Louis Chargers mm. playing the Las Vegas Raiders, you can uh, hop on over to the DePere location, hop on 270, and make your way to the airport. So check out rosalitascantina.com for their hours and locations. Uh, you can also uh, check out their Facebook page. They have great happy hour specials. It's a big happy hour, three to six. They've got 
margarita specials. They've got drink specials, appetizers, you name it. Great spot for happy hour out west or downtown. Oh, yeah. And go figure. Today's the day that we're going after the show for lunch. There you go. Let's do it. I don't know if I can handle. That would be my third meal at Rosalita's this week. But I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, uh, I'm in. Uh, oh, yeah. It doesn't I, get old. It, it doesn't get old. And, you know, I guess, well, we're going to have to hear from Smash afterwards. But <laughs> Well, absolutely. All right. You're listening to the Mark Milton Show. With the smash and Sally, when we come back, we're going to have uh, former St. Louis County Police Chief Tim Fitch, current uh, he's current St. Louis County Council member, going to talk about the mask mandate, Sam Page being caught uh, with his pants down, so to speak, uh, maskless at a Blues game. We'll talk about that and what uh, Mr. Fitch is doing to fight back against these mandates on the Mark Milton Show.